Welcome to Question Everything, the podcast that asks who, what, when, where, and why, but mostly why. I'm Crystal Jeffrey, and my favorite animal is a wolf. I am Jessica Jeffrey, and I love all animals. And it is cat season. Kitten season? Yes. It is a little kitten season? We are on our local Humane Societies list to be the cat mommies. If they get little neonatal kittens in that need bottle feeding and constant care, that is us. We preface that with, this is a full-on animal episode, so... Not full on, but it's pretty it's, it's heavily pretty, animal episode. Yeah, yeah. Get your heartstrings ready. <laughs> I love animals. We live in Michigan. Do we? Yes. You sure? Yes. It's kind I'm of pretty, cold I'm here. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. So, we spend a good part of our childhood, some more than others, in South Florida. And South Florida doesn't particular, particularly participate, shall we say, in seasons and... Mm winter and it's one of the many many positives about michigan having four seasons yes and this past week we dealt with some bitterly cold temperatures our our son had a couple snow days we got our nice nine inches of snow outside and had to yeah we, we enjoyed that and we're also prepared for those things we're talking about texas aren't we we are but not ted cruz we're not oh. talking about Ted Cruz. Okay. Enough people talk about that guy. Okay. So, there is a uh, turtle rehab center in turtle, Texas turtle. on South Padre Island. And they, Texas in general, they're not used to those really, really cold temperatures. In February, their average temperature for the month is a high of 75 and a low of 56. Average. Average, yes. Okay. And this all happened around Valentine's Day where all of these turtles were taken in from these frigid cold waters. And on the 14th, on Valentine's Day, their temperature was a high of 53 and a low of 40. And that Monday, it was a high of 40 and a low of 30. Wow. And then Tuesday, where they completed taking in as many turtles as they could, it was a high of 54 and a low of 34. Wow. So needless to say, they are not used to this weather. No. And the turtles are endangered and need to be taken care of. They're, they're the sea turtles that are protected as well as in Florida, where you're, you're mm-hmm. roped off, and if you hurt those things, you're... you're Oh yeah, you're you're going. You're yeah, that's not a no. Don't mess with those. You don't mess with the sea turtles. You don't mess with the sea turtles. So uh, they were going into shock, and and they're just not used to these waters. So there was an organization called Sea Turtle Inc. that took in twenty five hundred turtles that were cold, like stunned by this cold weather that they had. Yeah, between that Sunday, which was Valentine's Day, and through that Monday evening, they had over 1,700 turtles in their care. Oh and it topped off at 2,500 by that Tuesday. Um, they have a bunch of tanks. They said they have five 25 to 55,000 gallon tanks for these creatures. Like, and, and just the kitty pools, they, everything's just filled up. Their power got knocked out, and uh, SpaceX, Elon Musk, 
gave them a generator. Oh, that's so nice. That kept their, you know, which is great. They need that power source. Yeah. And now they're trying to raise money due to the blackout, since a lot of people in Texas lost power, and this is one of the places that did. Um, with that prolonged blackout caused a lot of their, their equipment to break and filters and the heaters and whatnot that keeps their facility running. But it's it's nice to know that even with everything going on, people still get together and do something. I mean, it was beyond what this facility usually has to, you know, take care of. Yeah. And they busted and saved a lot of lives. That's cool. Have you heard of the expression, crocodile tears? Yeah, whenever we say no to Daniel. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, yeah, our, our kid gets told no a lot. How would you explain crocodile tears? When somebody feels that the way they get out of the situation is by showing tears. Okay. Yeah. Not true tears. Yeah, that's a good way of, of putting it as someone who has fake, is faking grief or that emotion to get some sort of gain. But it comes from actual tears that crocodiles do shed, but they do it after they eat. Are they sad that they just killed this life like this animal? This, <laughs> this animal now has no longer a life to be had. <laughs> They actually shed it because um, there's air trapped in their sinuses after they're eating. So it has really nothing to do with sadness it's or pain. It's fake tears. It's fake tears. Yeah. So the expression um, that crocodiles shed tears, it's used because of that. They're fake tears. And people who didn't pretend to be sad or sorry for something, that's, you know, the correlation. That's perfect. Yeah. The one time where we have a turn of phrase that actually makes sense. Well, there's another one that kind of makes sense. Mm. Rule of thumb. <laughs> That's right. We were going over that the other day. For those who don't know, a rule of thumb is just a general rule that people go by. It's not written anywhere, it's not a law, it's just the best practice to do something. Where were you going over this? In sign language. I'm in college to become a sign language interpreter. And we were taught the sign for rule of thumb. And my classmates and I got talking and I was the only one in the class who knew the origin of rule of thumb. Does that mean you're just a little bit older than the people that were in your, <laughs> that were in your small group? I am probably one of the older people in class, yes. But that is not the point. <laughs> you never had a switch on you, sorry, I'm giving it away. The rule of thumb is way back in the day when a man would go to beat his wife or his children and he went to go pick a stick off the tree or off the ground. That stick, the switch, could be no thicker than his thumb. If it was thicker than his thumb, that was abuse. If it was thinner than his thumb, that's a man being the head of household. Wow. <laughs> How long back are we talking? Granted, my, my grandmother had to the fun of picking the switch off yeah. the tree for herself, so... We're talking to our grandparents. Oh, our listeners, great-grandparents. So, like, 1950s. 
Probably. Yeah, I wonder when they started outlawing that. Not soon enough. I have a feel-good story. Those are always nice. History has been made. All right. And it's a good thing this time. Okay. So far, anyway. There was a puppy born five days ago now. They named him Skipper. Ooh. He was born with two hips and six total legs. Wow. All of his legs respond to stimulus, just like they should. Wow. So everything from the hip down is doubled. He's got two hips, two pairs of hind legs, um, two sets of reproductive organs. Oh, it's a girl. She's got two sets of reproductive organs, two urinary tract six, uh, systems, and she's healthy and vibrant. And she is the only dog ever known to us to be born with these kind of mutations alive. Most of the time when animals are mutated to this degree, they're born stillbirth. Wow. And that dog's just happy-go-lucky, has no idea. It's, I mean, nothing wrong she, with me. She's only five days old so, so far. So all it is is like eat, sleep, poop, eat, sleep, poop. Twice. But, Hmm? Twice. Twice. There's two systems. You gotta go and <laughs> eat, sleep, poop, poop, eat, yeah, sleep, poop. There, yeah, there yeah. you go. So, yeah, no, she's doing fine. They're, what kind of dog is it? It didn't say. Just, um, they named him Skipper, her. which I, her, sorry, Little named girl. her Skipper, which I think is completely appropriate. I right? love it. She kind of looks like a mutt, little black and white. She's probably like black. Like a tuxedo cat, but a dog. Uh, brown and white and yep that's it and adorable totally adorable still got her eyes shut and everything i'll have to follow make sure she makes it yeah obviously some people are not very kind of course of like course with anything. people are cruel well the majority of people i think this is wonderful and then i followed a link that somebody posted there's a cat that's living a full life. He's years old. He's called Duo, the two-faced cat. Oh, I think I've seen the pictures seen of him. That? Yeah. It's like his face was like cut in like not half, but like eye, nose, space, eye. Like his face was cut in half-ish. Like it didn't fully like split the cell and it kind of just started forming and they didn't really know what to do with yeah, that. Yeah, like maybe like, it was going. going to be a twin and then it just kind of lazed out. <laughs> like, I'm done. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just stop here. <laughs> it's just, it made me smile that these animals are living, which we would never have thought that they'd be able to live like this. And they're thriving. That's awesome. My feel-good story of that, the day. That's a nice feel-good story. <laughs> There was a homeowner in Tennessee a few weeks ago who had a gas leak in his house. So That's not a happy story. It gets there. It gets there. The gas leak's good. No one died. Good. Okay. Okay. So he called the gas company to get the line repaired. The crew came. They crawled under the house and they found a sleeping bear. Okay. So... They called the Tennessee Wildlife Rescue Agency. 
and the officers came out to the scene and made a plan to get the pair to go on its merry little way back to where it came from. And in this time, that disturbance called caused the bear to flay. And that's when wildlife figured out and discovered that there were three baby cubs as well under this house. Yes. And based on their understandings of bears, that it would be very, very unlikely that the mother bear would come back just due to the interactions with... She would abandon her cubs? We had those rabbits in our backyard last year. Same thing. You don't mess with stuff. We We messed with them. And luckily they lived. So don't don't tell people that. We're not perfect human beings. They were so cute. They were adorable. So they took the baby cubs to um, the Appalachian Bear Rescue. And while the bears were being taken care of, uh, officers monitored the home just in case the mother returned. And to their surprise, she did. And on February 16th of this year, uh, they contacted the homeowner and they got the bear reunited. They contacted the homeowner, said, hey, the mother bear came back. Can we, you know, put those cubs back under your house? And said, sure. And they got reunited. So they're all still underneath the house. Okay, yeah, that's about it. So <laughs> we're, we're assuming that they went on their merry little way, but... The, the big part is they were reunited and weren't abandoned and they all lived. That's and so the, nice. And the homeowners lived, the guest sleep wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was besides cost, but... That's really cool. They though. all made it. And the mother did come back for her cubs. Yes. And, and luckily the, the bears would have at least been in a sanctuary and they would have been able to make it. But even better, the, the mother came back and we have a reunited bear family. That's really cool. Yeah. Happy endings. Happy endings. We have a cat. We do. Our cat is polydactyl. Yes, he is. What's another name for being a cat being polydactyl? Hemingway or a Hemi? Hemi. Hemi. And I have found a list of 11 facts about Hemingway's cats. Spring it. Because in the 1930s, polydactyl cats were really popular on boats because um, sailors thought that them having the extra digits made them better at catching mice and rats and insects and whatnot. A little bit more of a chance to catch a fly, or, yeah, I guess. But So, but in the 1930s, a sailor gave Hemingway a polydactyl cat. Ernest Hemingway? Yes. And he loved it so much he just kind of started collecting them. Hopefully, you know, alive and was taking care of them. Well, yes, they're all well taken care of. That's that's all a part of this. Okay, so the first fact I have. Not taxidermified cats. No. Okay. Right now, only half of the cats at the Hemingway house are polydactyl. Where is the Hemingway house? I actually have his address because Ooh. you can go visit them. Yeah. It's in Key West, Florida. Okay. Because everything's in Key West. 907 Whitehead Street is Ernest Hemingway's home and museum. Right now it has between 40 and 50 cats. And only half of them are polydactyl. They can't all be winners. Well, the reason for that 
is because they let each female cat have one litter and then they fix the cat and that keeps the cat population up on the in the museum slash house now not every polydactyl cat is gonna have all polydactyl kittens so they're trying to keep it kind of not having hundreds and hundreds of cats exactly when hemingway was alive there was like between 70 and 80 cats on his manor but right now they stay solidly around 40 and 50. that's respectable that's responsible and they don't take in new cats so all of the cats at hemingway's manor have been born there oh that's that's nice i like that all right number two the gene that gives hemingway's cats extra toes is named after a video game character really yeah this is really cool when you look under the microscope however you see genes i don't know how you see genes it doesn't explain it it looks like a hedgehog spikes okay so when they call this gene a mistake in the control switch for a gene called sonic hedgehog (laughs) that's nice the person that found this gene saw those spikes thought hedgehog he had a daughter that was really into sonic the hedgehog comic books nice that's a good fit so he titled it sonic hedgehog gene in the 90s Okay, so they've always been called Hemming or Hemingways. Yeah. And when we got really into genetics and whatnot, they found this gene in the 90s. Yep. Nice. Yep. Three. Hemingway's first polydactyl cat was named Snow White or Snowball. We don't honestly know. So we're just going to call him Snow? A lot of people think it's Snow White. But the story is, in, in the book Hemingway's Cat, Charlene Frederica Brennan, she wrote that Hemingway's son Patrick said in an interview that his father never had a cat in Key West. Later, a neighbor wrote that his family had several polydactyl cats, possibly some of the forebears of the cats in, that are in Key West now that are known as Hemingway's Cats. But according to the Hemingway House and Museum website, Hemingway's um, Hemingway received a six-toed white feline from the captain of a ship, and some of the cats at the Hemingway Key West house are descended from that cat. Uh, 1985 article in the Fort Lauderdale News. Oh, I know that city. The Fort Lauderdale News quoted a guest relating that a guy had told him Ernest met the sea captain at Sloppy Joe's bar one night and the two of them got drunk and then the sea captain gave Ernest a multi-toed cat off his ship. And history was made. (laughs) Yep. Four. All of Hemingway's cats have creative names. This says the Hemingway House Museum website notes that Hemingway named all of his cats after famous people, a tradition that the creators continue today. Over the years, the cats have been named 
after people like Zane Gray and Marilyn Monroe to President Harry Truman, uh, Fats Walker, Kermit Shine Forbes, Truman, Cat Poe, Bugsy Siegel, Billie Holiday, and the list goes on and on, obviously. So having creative names, it's nice that they it's celebrities because you won't run out of those if you're trying to like go through a certain creative, unique area. I mean, you kind of run after run out of uh, stones exactly. and yeah. and now that Hemingway's not there, when they get new cats, the employees of the museum vote on the names. Nice. It's nice that they vote on it. That's too. really like cool. we're not naming that cat Bieber. No. Oh my God! I bet you they do have a Justin Bieber cat. Next, number five. (laughs) All of the cats at the Hemingway house were born there. Okay, so I already spilled the beans on this one. That they have between 40 and 50 cats right now. That each female is allowed one litter before they're fixed. And so it stays hovering around 40 to 50. And when Hemingway was alive, sometimes it got into the 80s. He liked cats a little too much. He liked cats. That's cool. Six. Does that make him the crazy cat man? Yes. We don't have enough of those. But all of his cats are taken care of, and that's That's further down on this list. Yeah. He had the money for it. (laughs) Yes, he did. What do we have more crazy cat men? We always have crazy cat ladies. I mean, old, possibly widowed guys. They're, They're sad too. Lonely. Yes, my love. Six. Hemingway's cats receive annual checkups. Those who are concerned about the welfare of the cats, you don't need to worry. They're well taken care of. Their personal vet, Dr. Eddie Clark, comes to the museum once a week to check up on the cats and perform the routine procedures all animals need. You know, ear mite treatments, flea treatments, deworming, spaying, neutering, all that. And he goes directly to the museum to do all this. That's a pretty epic job. Can you imagine trying to apply for that job? Right. It's a very specific job. I'm sure he does more. He has an actual practice. But... Oh, yeah. But he, to be able to say, I have a practice, but I also... I mean, it's already really awesome if you're a vet. I'm the personal vet of, of Hemingway House. It's like saying you're the president's dentist. That I mean... would be epic. I want to become a vet now. I don't really... But anyway, seven. Karen started way back in 2003. Oh, that's lovely. The Hemingway's cats were the subject of a federal complaint. It took a five-year battle that started in 2003 after a visitor was concerned about the cat's welfare, filed a complaint with the federal government, and according to NPR... The USDA claimed the museum was exhibiting the cats without the proper license, which it wouldn't have been able to qualify for anyway. The license requirement, the license requires animals be enclosed. None of the animals are enclosed in Hemingway's house. Employees of the Hemingway house claimed that the USDA sent undercover agents to pose as tourists to get pictures and surreptitiously tape the cats, according to CBS. The, the cats are being taken care of. They have a vet. They have a personal vet, my, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And someone has to complain about it. Yep. The agency threatened 
to fine the museum 200 per cat per day or remove the cats from the premises. And the museum eventually asked the federal court to intervene. Eventually, an animal behaviorist not affiliated with the museum or the USDA suggested that the cats, which appeared to be well cared for, obviously we know that, that they be allowed to stay if a fence was installed around the museum so the cats wouldn't stray, they'd be But they wouldn't jump over the fence, yeah. Exactly, it's a special fence. Oh, glittery. (laughs) Eight. One of Hemingway's cats was jailed. Ooh, okay, that's a good story. (laughs) In 2016, Martha Gellhorn, not the war correspondent, who was Hemingway's third wife, but the gray tabby named after her nipped a tourist who apparently didn't know how to decipher cat body language and found herself behind the vet's office behind bars at the vet's office it was the first time ever and the woman was aggressive with the cat the home um the home's manager told the miami herald they are pets we have 32 employees who consider them five-day-a-week pets. And a ten day cor- after a 10-day quarantine, Martha was returned to the museum. Her jailers had dubbed her a sweetheart. Yeah, like, read the body language. I mean... Everybody knows. If the cat puffs up and arches their back and does the... If they're growling or hissing at you, I don't know, maybe... You back away. That's not a... Come love me. That's get the heck out of my face. Deserve to be bitten. (laughs) I'm just glad they didn't put the cat down. And that's that's the big thing they do in Florida is dog bites. There's a a decent chance your dog's going to get put down. Yeah. Surprise, they went... The the lady went straight to federal. She didn't go to state. She was like, nope, federal. I think that's... Because Florida's Florida. Even back then. This Uh, is Key West. Ah, yeah. Nine. Catnip can be problematic. Oh. Addiction much? Imagine. You have 40 animals. 40 cats. And somebody puts catnip down. And then a handful of the cats, they decide they want that one mice toy. <laughs> I want to see this. Not a very good scene ensues, but um, Peta told Peta must be a worker there. She was quoted as saying, "Actually, catnip is a problem for us. People want to bring catnip here and play with the cats, but then there's forty-five. Two of them want to go for the same cat thing." And can cause a little tussle. The guide advised not to bring catnip or treats because the cats are on a particular diet. They're very well taken care for, taken care of. We ask, don't pick up the cats, but they're free for your petting. And most of the cats, if you sit on a bench, they will take your lap. And of course, that's cool with them. It's kind of like the seagulls down in Florida that you're not supposed to feed them. Like, you get reprimanded if you're sitting in a restaurant and you have a french fry that you're trying to give to a seagull. So I, I can see that. Oh my being, god, I used to feed the seagulls all the time. Don't get caught. 
Is that it, illegal? It, it, I wouldn't say it's illegal. I'm not sure if it's illegal, but it's an unspoken rule. You you don't do that. At least, I mean, if there's one on the beach, I mean, even then, like you see, Dude, you throw a, a French fry up in the air and watch a seagull catch it in midair. That <laughs> is hilarious. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Number ten. Hemingway's cats survived Hurricane Irma. Nice. A full evacuation of the Florida's Keys was ordered when Hurricane Irma approached the islands in 2017, but 10 employees insisted on staying behind with the cats. When we started to round up the cats to take them inside, some of them actually ran inside knowing it was time to take shelter. The curator Dave Gonzalez told MSNBC, "Sometimes I think they're smarter than the than the human beings." Yeah. <laughs> The employees and the 54 cats rode out the storm. The cats are accustomed to our voices and our care. We love them. They love us. We all hung out together, Gonzalez said. The museum's thick limestone walls kept them all nice and cool and had, and they had generators, food, water, and medical supplies on hand. And a generator meant AC. Yes. They, they were safe. They were they were good. They had a much better ride out yep. with Hur- Hurricane Irma than we both did. They all survived. And they all made it. That's nice. Last one, number 11. Hemingway's cats are laid to rest on the museum grounds. That's really That's nice. That's really nice. I like that. According to the Herald Tribune, when Hemingway's cats pass away, they're laid to rest in the gardens behind the house. The burial spots are marked with concrete gravestones, crudely etched with the names of the now deceased felines. Some names for celebrities: Will Scott, who died at age 12 in 1988; um, Kim Novak, who was 22 when she passed in wow. 1997. That's an old cat. That's, that's it. And Gremlin, 1986 to 2005. So he was 19. Wow. Gremlin? Gremlin. I wonder what famous person he was named after. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably a movie character. They oh, were the yeah, they were the Gremlins back in the, in the 80s. Okay. That's really nice. I hadn't thought about that. But that makes me happy that they're all buried where they grew, where they live their lives. Yeah. Bonus fact. I think it's really funny and probably never going to come to fruition. But it said that if you have a polydactyl cat... And its temperament is like playful, affectionate, not not a mean temperament. You can get between a thousand and thirteen hundred for that cat. We're not selling US our cat. Dollars. We're not selling the cat. <laughs> Do we get an extra? Because- Nobody's gonna spend a grand on a polydactyl cat. But the especially he's used. He's like five years old. I mean, he's not even a kitten. <laughs> But one of those paws has seven and one has six. So it's adorable. You might catch an extra hundred for that. Oh, an extra hundred for the extra claw. Yeah. (laughs) Bonus fact. (laughs) And a note to our readers: we have not forgotten about our promise to you to find out why Cupid won over Eros. We have not found that answer yet. We are still looking. And with that, we'll bid you farewell and hope you come back and join us next week. We appreciate you spending your time with us. And until then, question question everything. everything.